Hello and welcome, JRPG fans, back to your weekly fix for JRPG news, opinions, and insights. It is the JRPG Report episode 73. My name is James Fisher. Thank you so much for tuning in once again. We've got a, a pretty interesting show for you guys this week, I do believe. Uh, no no little teaser or anything this week, as it was a bit light on headlines this week, but uh, I think we've got some fun things to talk about. We'll get into that a little bit later. Um, the first thing I want to talk about is the uh, continuing saga of the Grandia HD collection. Now, uh, as of this recording, it is August 15th, so the game is scheduled to release tomorrow, August 16th, on the Switch. So, as of uh, last week, we talked about that the game um, <coughs> still was not listed on the eShop. Uh, we had no price point for it. And at, at some point during, uh, <laughs> between last podcast and this one, I questioned on our Facebook page, what exactly was going on here? I was a little concerned. Um, typically games show up in the coming soon section, uh, pretty early, uh, at least a few weeks, uh, beforehand. And so the consumers can go ahead and purchase it and, uh, you know, pre-download and all that fun stuff and, and get excited for the game. But um, each day that passed, I, I refreshed it and, and checked the feed and it was not there. But uh, I am very happy to say that uh, sometime in between <laughs> last night of checking it and this morning, the listing has finally gone live on the eShop. It is there in the coming soon. Um, you will be able to download it tomorrow on the 16th i'm not sure exactly what time just depends on where you're at and we also of course have a price point for it and it's 39.99 so i think last week i I said i'd be happy at 30 dollars. i'm still fairly happy at 40 bucks uh you do get two pretty decently long games for that value um games that would be uh, probably more expensive to try to track down on a uh, PlayStation uh, or uh, I think Saturn was the other version of it. So I, I'm just I'm relieved that it is actually happening. I was um, I don't know I was a little worried that the something had had gone wrong and uh, we weren't going to get it. But for thirty nine ninety nine you get two uh, classic titles. Um, what most we consider to be the best uh, two Grandia games in the series um, from Nintendo's web eShop themselves. They are saying these is two quintessential RPGs have finally gone portable on one of gaming's most popular console slash hybrid or slash handheld hybrid platforms. Nintendo uh, no wasting no time to leap praises onto themselves. Uh, <laughs> the highly anticipated Grandia HD collection for the Nintendo Switch is here. Um, the file size is almost 8 gigabytes, so if you don't have a decent memory card, you're you're going to need to to have that. I'm not sure what the internal storage is on the Switch, uh, but I, I know first thing I did when I bought my Switch was I bought a, a pretty decent-sized memory card so it could hold hold games such as this so i will be downloading this 
maybe tomorrow. I guess as soon as the uh, paycheck clears the bank, you know how it goes. So, good news to start the podcast. Grandia is here at last. Uh, we didn't have a whole lot of other big stories, so I'll kind of just run through them all. Um, <clears throat> I, 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 yeah, so there's, there's definitely going to be weeks like this where there's not a whole lot of, of big things to talk about. I've been surprised at um, how many times we do have such a long podcast and things to talk about. It's, it's certainly a welcome addition. Um, but with Gamescom coming up here in just a week, I'd say if there was ever a downtime, it's going to be now. <laughs> uh, we'll get some new information at Gamescom on a few different titles, and then it'll be, I imagine it'll be some sort of big-time lull the next month until Tokyo Game Show. Uh, we did find out that at said Tokyo Game Show, Sega will be showing off a number of titles. This is according to their uh, website. And right now, uh, they're only showing four titles um, for you Olympics fans. They are doing both a Mario and Sonic at the Tokyo 2020 Olympic Games for the Switch. The Olympic Games Tokyo 2020 official video game is coming out for Switch and PS4. And uh, they are doing the publishing for uh, Project Secure Wars for PS4 and Persona 5 Royal for PS4. So we should have... They have, uh, they have confirmed that those titles will be at Tokyo Game Show. Um, hopefully we'll get a little bit more information. We may get some more about Persona 5 Royal. That's been coming out fairly steady here the past couple of days. But Tokyo Game Show will run from September the 12th to the 15th in Chiba, Japan. So got some stuff to look forward. Like I said, Gamescom on the 20th of August and then September 12th starts uh, TGS. And I don't anticipate we'll have a whole lot to talk about um, between uh, between those two days. Um, as always, you can head over to the JRPG Report Facebook page and check out all the trailers that I'll be talking about today. There were a fair amount of trailers that came out, um, so it doesn't leave me a lot to talk about. Um, you kind of need to need to watch those. I'm not going to sit here and dissect what you see in video form. That, that really kind of defeats the purpose of a podcast, but you should check out the Facebook page and... Um, see all these ones you're talking about before i forget we had an awesome week for uh new people checking us out and liking the facebook page a big huge shout out to ronnie amy uh harpreet and joseph you guys rock don't believe what anybody else tells you you are the best in the world and we appreciate you so much joining our community. The the community is really starting to grow, and we we love having conversations on there. I try to post fairly often, uh, not only what I talk about here, but some uh, some fun stuff from time to time. Um, not only to talk about games, but what you're looking forward to. But uh, we've had a cute few things where people show off some of their collections, uh, both like limited editions and uh, action figures, and all sorts of collectibles. And feel free to share any of that on there and we will uh, have a lively discussion for sure so head on over to the facebook page to check out the latest trailer for the alliance alive 
uh, Furayu has cha- has released a new Japanese trailer for the Alliance HD Remastered, which includes the game's characters, divided world, vehicles, and more. The Alliance Live HD Remastered is due out for PS4, Switch, and PC on October 8th in North America, October 10th in Japan, and October 11th in Europe. We mentioned Project Secure Wars was going to be at TGS, and that's no big surprise here. They're also doing a new information live stream, the Project Secure, the Secure Wars Imperial Theater Propaganda Report number three will be on uh, October the 21st uh, from 2100 to 2130 Japan Central Time. It will be live streamed on YouTube and Periscope. The live stream will feature the reveal of a new combat review, as well as other information on Project Secure Wars, including information regarding upcoming Tokyo Game Show 2019. Uh, the uh, Mission Propaganda Department leader, a slash voice actor, uh, Azakami, will be there. Katano, the Project Secure Wars producer, and a MC will all be there. During that live stream, of course, the game is due out in Japan on December 20th and spring 2020 in North America and Europe. Uh, I shared a very interesting image the other day, and that is for uh, Romancing Saga 3. Its remaster is said to be in its final adjustment stage with news set for the Tokyo Game Show 2019. Square Enix is saying they aim to keep it as close to the original game as possible. The screenshot that I shared uh, in particular uh, immediately made me think of Final Fantasy VI. The the, uh, sprite characters look like they could have been ripped right out of that game. Um, While the enemy I would say probably looks more like Final Fantasy IV. Just a little, you know, but certainly there was ones like that in six, but more like the the enemy type that they showed. So you can check that out. Um, they add they are aiming to keep the game as close to the original as possible. There will not be any significant additions or changes, as there was. And they say the title "Romancing Saga Minstrel Song." Romancing Saga Three will be released worldwide for PS4, Xbox One, Switch, Vita, PC, iOS and Android. It will feature optimized graphics, new dungeons to explore, new scenarios to experience, and a new game plus function. So, maybe something to check out. I was never... You know, I remember growing up and seeing Romancing Saga, you know, at the store to rent. If if you don't know what that is, back in the day, not only did you have places like Blockbuster that you could... Um, rent movies from but blockbuster and um for most people if you didn't have that you probably had a local video store that you would go down and rent games at it was a it was kind of awesome to be to even my little town had three or four different places that you could get games and every once in a while you know as a young lad i would see romancing saga and of course as a you know 10 12 year old boy I don't want to play that game, you know, but it does look like, uh, from a style standpoint, it looks like it was, uh, 
closer to some of the games I like. So this might be something that I will want to check out in the future. Monster Hunter World Iceborne Expansion. Uh, they had some a new trailer come out for the Glavinous monster type. A quite ferocious looking thing. I think we... I swear, I think we had something about this a little bit more um, previously, but it is out there. He is a brute wyvern that wields a heavy blue tail like a blade. Uh, this thing is crazy looking. It grows hotter and more keen with each strike until it glows red. In addition to the Glavinous trailer, Capcom also released a trailer introducing the facilities of Selenia, a new base. Introduced in Monster Hunter World Iceborne through uh, feline dancing. I'll have uh, both those trailers available for you guys on the Facebook page if you would like to check those out a little bit more. Monster Hunter World Iceborne is due out not too much longer uh, on September 6th. PC will get it later in January 2020. Another week, and we got another trailer for Code Vein. They introduced the uh, Halberd uh, weapon type, another giant oversized weapon. It's not a very long trailer, but it's enough to get the uh, point across. The Halberd is a weapon with a wide range attack. Many of its attacks come with a kickback, and its unique attacking timing requires practice. Code Vein will be out on PC. Xbox One and PlayStation 4 on September the 27th. Uh, Ease 9 Monster Knox got a third web commercial. Not very long. I think it was only like 15 seconds long. So it was very brief. You can check that out on the Facebook page as well. It is due out in Japan on September the 26th. As always, another week brings more Atelier Raza <laughs> news. This one was the uh, the uh, release of a two-minute long trailer for Atelier Raza, Ever Darkness, and the Secret Hideout. They had already uh, detailed the synthesis system last week, so this is getting to a little bit more of uh, showing some of the new characters in video form and um, kind of just sitting the stage for... It's released in not too much longer. Uh, due out on PS4 and Switch in Japan on September the 26th. PlayStation 4, Switch, and PC via Steam on October 29th in North America and November 1st in Europe. Of course, you can check that out on our Facebook page. We'll wait and see what they do next week. Uh, so, again, we had not one, not two, not three, but four... New uh, demon trailers come out for Anunnaki. Um, this week we had uh, Lu Lusika, we had Galvod, we had Trays, and Ivina. Sorry if I got any of those uh, pronunciations incorrect. Um, so let's go through them. They say that uh, Ivana is able to maintain her composure in almost any situation. She knows how to stand her ground. She's an aloof demon who observes the worlds and emotions of the living with great interest. 
Ivana still holds distant memories of the cold tears of the dead and the twisted smiles of the living. She wields scythes that cut through large scales of the battlefield with devastating power. She can also move in the blink of an eye, enabling her to strike from blind spots of her foes. Next up we have Treyes. Maybe that is spelled T-R-E-I-Z-E. Um, they don't have a description for him, so I'm not sure him or her. I'm not sure what their, uh, <laughs> their uh, big thing is. They just say he's a demon or they, he or she is a demon with a greedy thirst for knowledge. Um, we had Gavod, and they say that he's an audacious demon who's never caught off guard. Gavad is keenly aware of the actions and emotions of others and makes every effort to accommodate them. He still holds distant memories of loved ones and his eyes are filled with despair. Gavad is a skilled user of shield cannons, unwieldy weapons that afford the protection of a shield and allow players to keep up heavy close-range attacks while waiting to unleash a devastating cannon blast. Uh, lastly, we'd have uh, Lusica. I believe that's how they say it. And she also does not have a, a description. They just say that she is a demon devoted to fate. Uh, so I want to rant just a little short while, if you would uh, allow me to. Um, like you know, like I said, I wasn't blown away with Anunnaki to begin with. The game comes out in one week, and. They're showing three or four trailers every week, introducing demons and and gameplay, and it just kind of it made me think back to Kingdom Hearts three a little bit. So let me elaborate on that just a second. I am a type of gamer that like I like to watch trailers, but at the same time, if I'm really looking forward to a game, I don't want to see a whole lot of it. I like to be surprised. I don't want to know everything. So it certainly seems like they're showing off a lot of demons. I can't imagine that there's going to be that many in there that they're not going to show off. And so that, that kind of ruins a little bit for me. Maybe some people are the opposite. They want to know, you know, everything about it. But, you know, it's, it's like a, a, a movie trailer that ruins a key moment. That maybe you don't know it's a key moment, but then when you see it later, like, oh, well, I kind of already knew that because of the trailer. Kingdom Hearts 3. We saw every single world that we were going to be going to before the game came out. That was a big letdown for me. There was no surprises to be had at all. And, you know, if I was looking forward to Anunnaki, I would have been a little dismayed that there were so many trailers out there for all the characters. Yes, you have the ability not to look at all these things. But if you're curious and excited about the game, then you want to watch it. Um, I'm playing through Spider-Man right now. I am almost exactly halfway through the game, and uh, not to ruin anything if you've not seen the trailer, but it certainly introduces the new bad guy in the trailer who definitely 
in the first half of the game is not a bad guy. In fact, he's a, a quote-unquote, probably a close friend of Peter Parker. Uh, that would have been awesome not to know. You know? That would have been like, oh, no. <laughs> I, I didn't see that happening. And and to be fair, that is the only thing that I've seen so far in Spider-Man that's been ruined. I'm sure there's going to be other other things. But I guess just, I wish they wouldn't do that. And that's the end of my rant. I just, I felt the need to, to kind of, <laughs> as I'm sitting here talking about uh, Anunnaki trailers on and on. And Atelier Raza keeps putting... Uh, more and more stuff out that, and yes, you do have to publicize things. You need to get the word out. There is no doubt about that. But I just feel like you could do it and not ruin things as well. Um, that's all the news there is, guys. There was not a whole lot uh, of new stuff. That is it. We will take a quick time out to thank our sponsor anchor and we've got some facebook stuff we will talk about to wrap up the show we'll be right back so let's wrap up episode 73 with uh, heading over to the facebook page um actually last week i had asked if there was anything that people wanted to talk about and we got a slew of responses and so much so that i just addressed one of them last week and a couple of them will probably make pretty good um kind of shows on their own or well I mean it actually you know what in these next couple of weeks when we've got some lulls we'll probably try to address a, a question or two as they're not um questions that need to be answered right away so my good buddy jeff he asked uh what are the best rpgs you've never played from your perspective that is and when i first read this I was thinking, um, he was asking me what the best RPG I've never played is. And, but then we kind of went back and forth and clarified that it was, you know, okay, here's a game that I have played, but you may not have. Um, and if you've not, you should absolutely check it out. Um, he said he recommended, uh, uh, a guy, a two dual saga, that game has the same mechanics as the first installment, but the characters and story really enticed him. He said it was definitely a hidden gem. Uh, the first uh, Legend of the Guy came out on PlayStation 1. The Guy 2 Dual Saga came out on PS2. It confused a few people, obviously, with the name Change. It had been a while in between installments. And while it, yeah, it definitely had the same mechanics uh personally i didn't care for legaya 2 i loved the first one um and i think i was just a little off put with the second one it may be one of those ones like nowadays i would probably like it um but jeff says you need to play that one so let's look at it from the first uh, point of view is uh what i no, are probably great JRPGs. We'll, we'll probably keep it more towards that end of the spectrum rather than the broader RPG genre. Um, a game that has always uh, haunted me in a way that I haven't played uh, more from just I missed it when it came out 
couldn't find it afterwards, couldn't afford it, <laughs> as is most of the case um, afterwards. Um, and then finally, I have it on my Vita, but I've yet to play it. And that's Xenogears. It's one of those ones like I'm pretty sure I will like it quite a lot. I just haven't had the time to really sit down and play it. I don't honestly. I don't know when I'm going to have time to play it. I'm hoping that my Vita lives on. It's got like I don't know if this was a widespread problem with the Vitas, but the charge port is really messed up on it. And so to charge the thing, I've got to kind of uh, wrap the cord around the Vita so that the plug um, like tugs down in order to get it to, to hold a charge or, or physically sit there and hold it for a couple hours uh, in that same position, which I, I'm not sure anybody's willing to do. Uh, but one of these days I will get around to it. Uh, it. It may be on my private beach villa when I am 70 years old. But uh, hopefully the Vita will last that long and still recognize the games that I downloaded. The memory card is not corrupted by then. Uh, the other one that comes to mind are, are some of the Tales games. Uh, the earlier ones, the PlayStation ones that, that I just... My first Tales was Symphonia on GameCube. So everything before that, I did not get a chance to play. Um, it might be kind of hard to go back to those now but I understand from a story and uh, viewpoint that those were some of the best ones luckily the the biggest Tales game that I missed because it was on 360 with was uh, Vesperia and that has since um, come out and I've gotten to enjoy it and it's uh, all of its grandeur um, so answering the flip side of that question, though, what's the best JRPG that you may not have played, but I um, hold in high regard? Um, and that's obviously a difficult question to completely answer. I don't know your situation when you started playing these games when you've not. So I kind of uh, went back to uh, slightly older. Um, I feel like, you know, well, there's not been that many great JRPGs here recently, and you've probably played them. But uh, going back two generations, two, I feel like GameCube was probably the least popular Nintendo system, and there were two games on it that I would highly recommend you getting a GameCube just for, as they are only available on it as far as I know. Um, the first one is, if you've never played Paper Mario Thousand Year Door, I feel like that is a gem of a gem of a game. Some of the Paper Marios kind of switch back and forth in, in how they're executed. In terms of leaning more towards a classic JRPG formula, I believe that was it. I played that game like to 100%, which I don't typically do. Um, I definitely remember going down what the hundred floors or whatever to fight that dragon at the very bottom, like an optional boss, and it was I love that game so much. So if you can find a, a GameCube hanging around somewhere that still works and you can plop down the cash, that's definitely one that you will want to pick up. Uh the other one, 
And this is definitely one that uh, I'd say a, a few people have played, but maybe you haven't. And that's Skies of Arcadia. And if there was ever a, a game I feel like should be remade and or a sequel to, that's got to be near the top of the list. Such a unique JRPG with great characters, a great story, a, a unique spin on the genre with the whole Sky Pirates thing. I, it's, yeah, it's been done a time or two before, but not not quite that well. It was kind of easy on the battle system side as you could kind of spam your special attacks and uh, wipe out people pretty easily. But man, it was just so cool. Such a cool game. The, the giant airship battles were were very well done. It wasn't like, yeah, I'm just playing a, a JRPG that's you know, cookie cutter and the same as everything else. It was unique, and I really hope that we see it again one day in some shape or form. So I hope that answers your question, Jeff. Um, these, some of these things aren't uh, aren't easy to answer. Um, Jordan didn't have so much questions, but he did want to talk about a couple of possible topics. And uh, one was, what drives some people to be completionists when it comes to JRPGs? I don't know. I, And not to hurt anybody's feelings, but I think free time is one, uh, one huge factor in this. So if you think back in your own life, if you've been playing them as long as I have, when did you play them more to completion? Is it now that you <laughs> maybe have a family or a job or school, or was it back, you know, back in the day when you had more free time that that is the key thing, or maybe you didn't have a job at the time. I know I went through a stretch, uh, for a couple months where I didn't have a job and you can only look for a job so many hours of the day. And, uh, I filled my time with a lot of uh, long RPG, RPGs. Um, so obviously free time is, is a huge factor. I think I think you have to really love the game to want to, you know, platinum trophy or, you know, complete it 100%. And, but I don't think that's the full answer either because I have truly loved games and not done everything. That The, the, the exception, I think that off the top of my head was something like Nino Cooney that I put so much time into and did everything or Dragon Quest eight. Um, I wanted, I wanted to do everything. And I think that has, if, if you truly love it and you can't get enough of it, you are so much more likely to want to completely do everything you can do to it. Cause you don't want to stop playing it. And that's, that's okay. We we can we can just play through a game and get done with it, or we can go hundred um, percent. He also asked how to get through your backlog with um, adult responsibilities, and the easy answer is that you don't. Um, <laughs> I can from my own personal testimony. As soon as you get married, children at least one 40 hour a week job, um, hot side hobbies, like hosting a JRPG podcast. There is little time for gaming, let alone backlog gaming. Um, 
obviously a time like these next two months, whereas the next game I'm really going to get for sure is Trails of Cold Steel 3, and that's two months away. It seems like a good opportunity to backlog. But then, you know, like I'm playing Spider-Man now, because it's a game I've wanted to play for a long time, you know, I think it's important not to only play one genre. I think we need a break from those. But short of those periods of time, it's hard to get to that backlog. And you've really got to want to play a game in your backlog. Don't don't force yourself like, well, I got this game sitting around. I guess I'll play it. You're not going to enjoy it that way. You really need to want want to do that. And I will uh I'll probably answer a few more of uh of his questions. He's he's got a little more detailed ones on the other ones. I'll have to do a little bit of uh research uh into those. Uh I completely forgot one other uh JRPG that you may never have played. Uh going back to Jeff's question. Uh and it won't be easy to find but if your ps3 still works and you've never played eternal sonata it's a little different it has this music angle to it with all of its weapons and the story but i thought it was fantastic a great battle system a really cool story awesome characters it had a whole light and dark dynamic like when you're out in the out in the world like cloud cover you, um if you were in the sun you would have light attacks if you're in the dark would be dark attacks and it was very cool very well done um you I, very unique so i think at one point i saw it at gamestop for like eight dollars you know a used copy i that was a long time ago and and uh you're probably not going to find that anymore, but like I said, if you can uh, if you can pick that one up, I feel like that was a uh, a wonderful experience that I truly enjoyed. Well, let's wrap up episode seventy three of the JRPG Report. My name is James Fisher. Thank you so much for tuning in, guys. If you would do me a quick favor, give us a review on Apple or your other podcasting service. Um, hopefully, five star. That'd be that'd be cool. Give us a like on Facebook. Follow us on there. Um, subscribe on YouTube. We do a. I turn this into a weekly video podcast with all the trailers that we talk about and other videos of the likes. So you can get it all in one spot. I would appreciate all that very much. If you are feeling so inclined, we are taking listener support. You can find that at the bottom of the description for this podcast, wherever you listen to it. But that's all I've got. Till next time, guys, thank you so much for listening. And when we talk again, that'd be great. Till then, get back out there and level up.